Welcome to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Uh, good, good afternoon. Uh, the Get Down with Hurley Brown crowd. We, we got a bit of an audible today. Hurley couldn't make it. So, uh, once again, the Nick Foles of uh, Voice America Radio, Kelvin Harris, is subbing in for him today. And i uh, kind of excited because some good stuff to talk about today. Because, you know, two days from now is the most exciting reality show in America. The 2019 NFL Draft. And so today we're going to spend a majority of the time talking about the draft. We're going to get a little uh, playoff basketball talk in. But we're going to start the show off with, I guess, some breaking news in the world of football. And it pertains to the draft. The Seattle Seahawks have traded their star defensive end, Frank Clark, to the Kansas City Chiefs for their first-round pick, in this year's draft, which is in, I believe, 30, 29, 30 range, their second-round pick in next year's draft, and they swap third-round picks in this year's draft, maybe three, four slots between the, the, the exchange there. And as soon as the Chiefs uh, got Clark on the roster, first thing they did was give him a five-year, $101 million deal. $63 million guaranteed. So his deal beats uh, DeMarcus uh, Lawrence's deal. Um, my thoughts on this. The Seahawks didn't want to pay Frank Clark what he was worth. Um, they had $17 million budgeted in, which was the franchise tag. The guy's got 32 sacks over the last three years, and he turns 26 in June. So he'll be 31 when he's, when he's up for his next contract. So you're getting this guy in the prime of his career. Now, Kansas City had to find a pass rusher. And as the analysts have been talking about the last hour, where they picked at as a 29 or 30, I believe it is, you weren't going to find the type of quality that you got with Frank Clark. You weren't going to get a better player. You might maybe maybe some better potential, but you weren't going to get a better player right now. And right now, Andy Reid is trying to make a run for the Super Bowl. Now, they're bringing in Steve Spagnola, the old uh, Giants, the coordinator, and they're going to um, switch from their 3-4 to the 4-3. Now, they let Justin Houston go. They, let, they traded D Ford. Now, Analysts were saying that they they think that Clark is a better fit because they think he's a better, pure, every-down defensive end. Ford is a pass rushing specialist. Uh, they feel like Clark is more suited for the 4-3 scheme that they'll be running. You know, they basically have Ford as a 3-4 uh, outside linebacker. But here's the interesting tidbit here. D. Ford came from Auburn. He'd never been, he'd never been a stand-up player. He was a hand-in-the-dirt 4-3 defensive end when they drafted him. So he had to learn how to play up. 
And to say he couldn't play the run when he was in the SEC would be foolish. So this is like a sideways move to me because you had a guy who was a, a premium pass rusher. Now, did he make a bonehead play every now and then? Yeah. And I think maybe the thinking was Clark has been more consistent. And I don't know if they ever forgave D. Ford for jumping offside and losing the AFC championship game. I think maybe that had a factor into it. So now you've gotten you a, a uh, bell cow defensive end rush passer, but they've got, you know, they, 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 they've got to redo their whole D line. I mean, they, they have a great, you know, the Chris Jones guy had a great year. Uh, I think they may move Alan Bailey inside. So, you know, they just they need to figure out what they're going to do with defensive end opposite of Frank Clark. Um, they need to get faster, and they back seven with the linebackers and the, uh, the defeat DBs. So their whole draft priority just changed. Um, there's been some talk that the, um, the child uh, that was involved in the uh, Tyreek Hill situation has been removed from their home, his child. So who knows where that goes. So maybe you have to draft the extra receiver. But this was the first big trade of the draft, and it won't be the last. Now, looking directly at the draft order, everyone, it's pretty much a consensus that the Arizona Cardinals are going to draft Kyler Murray. There is a little bit of chatter out there that he, they may not draft him and they may go with a defensive player. If that's the case, excuse me, if that's the case, why did you hire him Cliff Kingsbury as your coach? You're talking about a guy who went 7-5. and five at, His best year was 8-4 and four at Texas Tech. Um, he was headed to be the offensive coordinator in, uh, at USC. And now you make him a coach. After one year with Steve Wilkes, in which you gave him no bullets for his gun, he basically came out there with a with an air pistol. He had, you know, you you know, he had the one of the top five worst running games, top five worst offensive line, top five worst defense, no deep threat, really one receiver that was uh, credible, and that was Larry Fitzgerald. And David Johnson was hurt most of the year, so. You fire the coach after that, and then you um, are on your way to getting rid of a first-round quarterback that you traded up a first, third, a fifth for just last year. I mean, I think the person who should have been fired was Steve Kahn, the general manager, because none of these moves make sense. Now, get this. You're trading Josh Rosen. Everybody knows it. But you're going to let him come to training camp and learn your offense so he can take it somewhere else and use it against you. This is bonehead Bob. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, hey, I'm not a Cardinals fan, nor am I a Cardinals hater. So if it's if it's groovy with them, it's gravy with me. I mean, because I really think if this team doesn't show remarkable, uh, markedly better results, they're going to fire Steve Kime this year. But I think it'll be a year too late because you're, you're, you know, and then 
you know, this other breaking news came out. Patrick Peterson, excuse me, yeah, Patrick Peterson has um, completely erased any traces of the Arizona Cardinals off of his social media, his Instagram page. I don't know what that's about. I mean, I know they can't be stupid enough to be trading him. I mean, no way. Of course, I'm being sarcastic when I say no way because this is the National Football League and it's filled with a lot of egos. I mean, you know, the city of Phoenix isn't used to winning right now anyway between the hockey team, the Suns, and the baseball team, the Diamondbacks. Throw in Arizona Cardinals and you got four losing franchises, perennial losing franchises. So this just is par for the course out there in the, in the desert. But looking at the main, the, the you know the base the base of the draft, Kyler Murray is the projected number one. Number two is you know starting to be consensus as well. Joey Bo, excuse me, Nick Boza, the uh, defensive end out of Ohio State, who set out three fourths of the season after he gotten hurt. Um, San Francisco. If they draft him, this will be the fourth consecutive year that they've drafted a D lineman. Hopefully, they get it right this time because you know the two guys they drafted out of Oregon, Buckner and Armstead, are basically statues, and I think one of them they need to get rid of or send to the bench so that they can move Solomon Thomas inside. Now they picked up a pass rusher earlier this year, so you put him on the other side with with Nick Boza, and you got a nice little situation. Um, Third pick is the Raiders, and they're probably going to get Quentin Williams. Fourth pick is the Jets, and you're looking, hmm, probably looking at Josh Allen. A lot of pass rushers and defensive linemen in these first 10, 15 picks. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get back. We're going to talk. A lot more NFL draft here on the get down with Hurley Brown, as this um, this 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 trade kind of changes things. So we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back on the get down with Hurley Brown. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. 
Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, Voice America Nation. We're back here on The Get Down with Hurley Brown. Uh, it's your man, Kelvin Harris, the Nick Foles of Voice America Radio, subbing in for the superstar himself, Early Brown. And today we're talking NFL draft. Now, as I was saying in the first uh, first block, it seems to be consensus that Tyler Murray is the number one pick in this year's draft at Arizona Cardinals. Because if he's not, it doesn't make sense as to why you're hired. Um, at best, an average coach in a suspect Power 5 conference. Um, you know, when they hired, when they hired um, Cliff Kingsbury, I uh, remember um, the owner saying something to the effect that he wanted an offense like what everybody else has. And he felt this guy could get him that. Well, when he hired this guy, this you know who runs an air raid system similar to Lincoln Riley's, they both were at Texas Tech at the same time. Um, you basically resigned yourself to drafting Kyler Murray. Now, you know you have you know naysayers and you have um, fans of him. Is you know two sides of the coin. And looking at the people who are his fans, they point to Baker Mayfield and that he bettered Baker Mayfield's numbers and had similar results. was just as impressive in the way he did it. And, you know, they point back to his high school career, which he was 43 and old, multiple state championships. And, you know, as a guy who lived in Houston for, you know, between Houston and San Antonio, for the better part of 16 years and my time living there although I wasn't living there when he was in high school but you know I still had my you know Fox Sports Southwest uh, subscription he was one of the two or three best high school players I'd seen in my time in Texas Um, Vince Young I was up close in person with that uh, was extraordinary for what he did to Houston Air, but he didn't win a state championship. Kyler Murray won the read. Um, he just was so dominant. Now, 
that being said, he underperformed, underwhelmed at Texas A&M. And uh, me personally, when he transferred, I thought, another diva kid moving on. Then he ends up at Oklahoma, and um, he sits behind another transfer, Baker Mayfield. And I remember that a couple of times he played last year, uh, not in 18, but in 17, what you saw was just basically this kid was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, but he was quick, elusive, and he was productive. Now, fast forward this year, uh, they're basically playing flag football in the, in the Big 12, and the coverage by the defensive backs is it's just, it's just, it's offensive, L- literally offensive. <laughs> it's just that bad. A lot of, a lot of teams playing cover four, uh, busting coverages in zones, uh, bad man to man coverage. If any, most of, most of those teams play off coverage and it, it was like shooting a fish in a barrel for him and for Mayfield, a couple of the quarterbacks. Um, like Will Greer at West Virginia. The thing about it is, you know, he threw to a lot of wide-open guys with a pretty clean pocket, as he probably had one of the two or three best offensive lines in America, and he was rarely challenged. Now, I go to the first half against Alabama. That was more realistic of what he's going to see in the National Football League. Now, I'm not going to say that he didn't react well to it because he was basically going up against... Um, excuse me, an 800-pound gorilla, and the only thing he had to, to fight him off with was a small switch, and that didn't get the job done. Now, the problem is that's every week in the National Football League, and I know they said he was 5'10", 207 at the combine. Well, I'm just not believing in 5'10", because when you look at him, he doesn't look 5'10". I'll give him 5'9", you know, and he put on 20-some-odd pounds, I think, for the combine on his pro day. So, realistically, I, I think he'll play around 200 pounds. Well, just a few years ago, people were saying Teddy Bridgewater was too slight to play the position, and he was 6'2", 200, 205 maybe. you got a guy now who's 5'9", 195, and all of a sudden, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. This is after they tried to tell us that last year's quarterback class was could could be greater than the, the class of '83. I mean, they're just selling false hope. And I think you know, one of the things that plays into the draft is that they get you excited with the hype of these players. But let's make no mistake about it. I really believe Josh Rosen is better all-around quarterback than Kyler Murray. Now, for his system, maybe Kyler Murray's better. But this system at the NFL level, I'm skeptical. I mean, call me an old-school guy, but I'm skeptical. I mean, the, the the level of quarterback play that you have to have in the National Football League, this offense doesn't bring that out. I mean, this is some... This is like the second baseman throwing the first base. It's just, it's just routine. It's basic. It's dink and dunk. And if you think the NFL is not going to uh, adjust to what they see out there, you're fooling yourself. I mean, it seems like the last 10 years, 7 to 10 years, the NFL has been trying to take shortcuts and the developmental 
and teaching of its fundamentals. You know, everybody wants these air raid, high-powering offenses. The New England Patriots won the lowest-scoring Super Bowl in the history of the game, and they did it with defense and a running game. I mean, you know, it's an old cliche, but it's true. You you know, defenses and running games, you know, you could take them on the road with you, but you can't take, you know, that high-flying offense in, in, in all venues. I mean, and I think that's the thing that's being lost here is that, you know, you're talking about a kid who's maybe had in his career maybe 15 steps on the center, and I'm talking about from high school through college. Now you're going to put him in a pro system. Well, my, my bad. And you're going to put him in an area offense, but there is going to be times where he needs to be under center. And I just, you know, I don't see the command there coming off right away. I remember, and you know, I hear this stuff about Colin Murray going to the, 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 the Oakland Raiders. Listen, the West Coast offense verbiage for calling the plays is, 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 a, is a geometry test in itself. So you got this kid who's never really had to communicate in a huddle. A lot of times he just clapped his hands to get the. Now you got him at some point. If he was to go to Oakland, he'd have to get on the center. He'd have to huddle up. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. And then, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a lot of speculation going on, and I don't want to do that. But I just know from my football experience, certain offenses, this kid won't be able to play this year because of the verbiage and the demands of him playing on the center. Because I can tell you one thing I remember from my days as a guy who played center and guard is they hate it when you fumble the ball, when you fumble the snap. So if you're the center and you fumble the snap or a snap early, you're getting in a doghouse. And then they don't want you falling on the ground. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a learning process, but it's so different. So you're putting the kid out there. And Murray, if you do go to this new offense that, you know, had last year this team was in the bottom five in offensive lines, in the bottom five in rushing game, in the, you know, the bottom five in defense, the star running back was hurt most of the year, and their best receiver was Larry Fitzgerald, who is now just a big glorified possession receiver. There's no way that kid could have survived and, 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 and persevered and been extremely successful. Not in that uh, environment. just wasn't going to happen. So we're going to see where this, this, um, this pick leads because it's obvious. And then the second pick with uh, Joey Boza, I mean, you have some people who um, take issue with him only playing three games, but he had four sacks. That's what I'll say to that. And then some people take issue with some of his political views. Hey, it is what it is. We, you know, in football, they just judge you on what you can do on the field. And as long as you're not getting in trouble or taking shots at people, um, they let you make the adjustment. So um, it's going to be interesting to see which one of the defensive players goes next, but I think it's Joey Boza because he is fundamentally sound. He uses his hands just as good as his brother did. Got a nice get-off, even though he's not a, a speed demon. Um, he, he plays with leverage. I mean, um, you know, 
he, he's a plug-and-play defensive end. He's got more um, more check marks than, say, Josh Allen, who you know has played a lot of games, but he's really come on these last two years, and he's got great size, 6'5", 260. He's going to help somebody out. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk more about the draft. We're going to get into the, the, the linebackers and the DEs and maybe talk some about our, our old linemen here on the Get Down with Early Brown. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call into 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to the Get Down with Hurley Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Voice America Nation, we're back here after a quick break. Um, Kelvin Harris, your host here on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Uh, today, I'm the Nick Foles of Voice America Radio. Take, you know, subbing in for the superstar, Hurley Brown. Uh, I'll be back next week. Now, we, we've been talking NFL draft. I want to talk more about the other quarterbacks. Well, first, let me say this about Kyler Murray. I guess I would be considered, in my and by today's jargon, as the get-off-my-lawn type guy because, you know, I like, you know, I'm a, I'm a football fan. I mean, you know, football did a lot for me. It gave me a great education at the University of Miami. We won championships. I got drafted. I got a chance to live in some great places, uh, play some great football, meet some, some great friends. Um, and, you you know, I'm, you know, my loyalty to the sport is, is big. And 
you know, you don't want to see something that you have a reverence for, such as football, to be watered down and destroyed. And it's just, it just feels like the powers that be are just on a money grab with certain rule changes and this and that. Uh, that being said, the way that the new generation of kids are being trained, developed, I think it's a long-term detriment to the game. And, you know, I hate to use Calamari as a scapegoat, but you're let's just you're talking about a 5'9 quarterback who's never played under center. I mean, this is just so limiting. And then everyone seems to say, well, you know, with his speed and all this. Listen, Robert Griffin, he's not faster than Robert Griffin. Robert Griffin was a Olympic-class high hurdler with just takeoff speed, and he couldn't get away from guys after that first year. You know, and one of the things they did that first year was they, they kept the offense similar to what he did at Baylor, and it caught a lot of people off guard. But as my good friend Warren Sapp says, an NFL deep, Defense is the fastest changing amoeba in the world. And so all it took was one offseason for them to get adjusted to, to RG3. Um, it's just the same thing that's going on now with um, Lamar Jackson. Teams are watching the films in the offseason, and they're making changes. Now, Kyle Murray, I think, will have some success. Won't be at the level of uh, Baker Mayfield, but I think he'll do good. But if he thinks he's going to be able to just run away from NFL defensive linemen because they're 6'7", 280 or whatever, he's got another thing coming. I mean, if it was that simple. You know, it's just... And then, you know, you look at the rest of the quarterback class. Dwayne Haskins is a gunslinger, the kind of guy you bring in when you're down by 10, 12 rounds. He'll get... It's like it's a lot of it's a lot of uncertainty in this draft because then you look at the number two quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, who had a great season in the Big Ten for Ohio State, fifty touchdown passes. But the thing about it is he only did it one year. Same thing with Colin Murray, one year. Okay, third quarterback right now is Drew Locke. This guy played a lot of football for Missouri. He shows a great arm. He's got great size. He's 6'4", 230. He is, he is a Troy Aikman type. But, you know, there's some talk that he may drop, which I wouldn't be surprised because there's only like three teams at best that in this year's draft that truly need a quarterback. Um, you know, the New England Patriots, they need a tight end, but T.J. Hawkinson won't be there when they draft. And I don't think you're going to find another Rob Gronkowski in this draft. You need to, you know, come with something similar and change your attack around. I think they'll get a chance to get that done. Let me see. Hmm. <laughs> so, looking at, you know, some of the other positions... It's a weak year for running backs and wide receivers, and I know they try and play it up, but there is no bell cow. There's no Saquon Barkley in this draft. No, there's no Alvin Kamara in this draft. There's some good, solid backs led by Joshua Jacobs from Alabama, but there's nobody here that you want to trade up for or even maybe even draft in the first round. 
Same thing with the wideouts. I mean, DK Metcalf got a lot of consideration because he ran a four three three at the combine, but his side to side changing uh his 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 change of uh, uh change of uh, direction ability is really suspect. Now he is maybe five percent body fat at two thirty five, six four. But I like the other receiver from Mississippi that played opposite of him, uh A B Brown. Um, uh, A.J. Brown, excuse me. He's not as fast, but he runs better routes. He's just, you know, better all-around receiver. But somebody is going to drink the Kool-Aid and draft Metcalf between maybe the 7th and 15th picks, I think. Um, you know, there's not a Gronkowski in this draft, so it looks like the Patriots are going to have to settle for T.J. Hawkinson, who has a similar makeup to Chazinski, but He's not as fast twitch. And then his teammate Noah Fant has the fast twitch because he's a reported four five forty guy, but he doesn't have the six seven, two hundred and seventy pound bulk. Um the tight end that I like is Irv Smith. He um did a lot of flanking out this year at Alabama. And he um he looked good. He can block. He's a he's a uh, basically a conventional old school tight end that can do all of it. He can block, he can run, he can play in the slot, he can move. He's going to make somebody a very, very dangerous weapon. Um, O-line is just, it's hard, it's its its bad. Me personally, I feel it's bad. There's, there's one guy at left tackle that I think is legitimate left tackle in the top 10, 15 linemen, and that's Andre Diller from Washington, who still has some, you know, he's got to pick up some size. He's got to be a little bit more consistent, use his hands better. But he is the true legitimate left tackle. Jonah Williams' name has been floated out there for a couple teams, but he's a big guard. I mean, he's either going to be a right tackle or a left or right guard, possibly a center. He has no business being talked about in this draft. Uh, oof, oh, or, well, veteran Jason Hicks. Oh, excuse me. Um, not Jason Hicks, but uh, Montez Sweat, excuse me, is a guy that I'm keeping my eye on out of the D-line. Uh, you're talking about a guy that's 6'6", 258, ran a 4'4", at the combine, um, a freakish athlete. I mean, just a freakish athlete. And just there's a bunch of them on the D line. Quentin Williams, who had a great year with Alabama, um, a guy that you need to keep an eye on because he's been hurt. Is Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State? Um, and I don't want to leave out my man from the U, Gerald Willis, who, you know, talking to a couple of my friends that are in the league and the, and the personnel in the scouting departments, he's going to drop a little bit because of um, his transgressions when he was a younger student athlete. And that's a lesson that all these guys should know. Whatever you do when you're young, it's going to follow you and it's going to cost you because the NFL is not, you know, when they take you to these combines and they work you out, they're not trying to see what you can do. They're trying to find something that you can't do so they can mark you down when it comes to salary negotiations. Um, Linebacker position, there's two really badass linebackers. And there's Devin White from Louisiana State. And then there's Devin Bush 
from Michigan, a kid that I watched grow up. His dad and one of my good friends, Ryan Collins, who went to the University of Miami played quarterback, they coached his Pop Warner teams. They coached him in high school. They won a state championship with him. And this kid is just so instinctful, and he makes so many plays. Um, I don't know who I would rate higher, him or White, because White can rush the passer, but this offseason, Devin spent time rushing the passer. So these two guys, I think, both can be pro bowlers their first year. Um, in the secondary, it's... Um, you know, it's a weak year, I think, for corners. Um, DeAndre Breaker, Christian, or excuse me, Greedy Williams, uh, Byron Murphy, these are the top uh, the top guys in this year's, um, this year's draft. There's nobody that stands out that's a world beater. There's no definitely no Deons in this draft. Um, and you're looking at the safety position, there's not a Derwin James in this class. I'm trying to see who would go first round. There's a couple of guys, but, you know, the guys that you really talk about are the ones that are top five, top ten. And there's no there's no top five, top ten safety in this draft. Nothing like Derwin James. Um, you know, there's going to be some surprises, I think. Um Probably a quarterback. I think Daniel Jones could sneak in as a late, late first-round draft pick only because you get that fifth-year option, and it doesn't cost that much to get him. Case in point, Josh Rosen is only owed $6 million over the next three years. You know, And then, of course, there's the franchise tag, or the, the fifth-year option that's on the team. So if I were a team not necessarily looking for a quarterback but looking for a replacement, Somebody that's about to, you know, hang up the cleats soon. I'd be Florida State, uh, maybe even Tennessee, because they got to figure out what to do with that kid. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see. Um, there's no, you know, just to cover all bases, we'll go over kickers and punters. There's nobody that just makes you say, yeah, that guy should be drafted in the first two, three rounds at that position. So, um you know, but there probably will be at least one kicker, whether it be a punter or a kicker, that gets signed. It always is one guy that, you know, they they put him down to, you know, equalize the uh, the picks. Now, you know, looking at the new regimes, I think the one that you know could be interesting in its changing of the guard is the Dolphins because the owners come out and said that he wants to tank for Tua which I think is stupid because he, in my opinion, may not even be the top quarterback next year. Justin Herbert from Oregon looks the part and fits the part. I mean, he, he's he been having a good spring in Oregon. He could be the top quarterback. But I think Tua is going to give somebody a really relevant guy at the position. Just, you know, time will tell. But, um... It's um, it's going to be an interesting couple of days because a lot of guys are going to um, drop in this draft. There's, there's quite a few guys I think should have went back to school. 
They got bad advice. Now, you got one kid, this uh, Jalen Ferguson kid from Louisiana Tech, another D lineman, who is the all-time college football sack leader. But he had some domestic issues. And I talked to one of my friends who coaches in the league, who coaches D-line. He said he wasn't even on their board, and they said he's not even on a lot of guys' boards. But if he didn't have these this baggage, he would be another guy we'd be talking about in the first round. I mean, it's just young guys, you just don't know how important it is to keep your nose clean when you get to this level because, you know, it's a great job and that is, you know, a lot of guys' dream come true and the money's good. But, hey, look, they run it like they know the money's good because they're always trying to find a way to cut, chop you down. And when you do stuff like smoke weed before you get to college, which I know is tough, is a tough thing to tell a kid not to do, or you put your hands on your girlfriend or any woman, you're costing yourself not only possibly some money, but you're also possibly costing yourself a career. So, you know, any of you players out there who are listening, you need to take heed. You know, count to ten when somebody makes you mad. Do whatever you can to not lose the money that you worked so hard for to earn. Um, on that note, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk NBA basketball here on the Get Down with Early Brown. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Gobble, gobble. This week on The Revolution, it's 100% Turkey Thunder. We'll talk turkey calling, decoying, and more with Mike Stroff of Savage Outdoors, plus Fred Eichler of Everything Eichler, Brian Tucker with High Mountain Seasonings, and Trayson Thayer from The Brigade Race to the Hudson, premiering on Outdoor Channel April 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. Jim and Trav's Turkey Thunder discussion is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. After years of waiting, there's a radio show for shotgunning enthusiasts worldwide. Tune into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation for the very best in wing and clay shooting talk. Join Marty and his guests as they bring you hunting and shooting information that you can use. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, this show can be your go-to source for wing and clay shooting information. Listen live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, Voice America Nation, we're back here on the Get Down with the Hurley Brown. 
I'm your uh, host, summoning in for the uh, the superstar. I'm the Kevin Harris, the Nick Foles of uh, Voice America Radio, and we've been talking on uh, NFL draft. I want to segue right quick for this final block and talk a little NBA basketball, playoff basketball. That is uh, right quick going through the Eastern Conference, Boston and um, uh, Milwaukee have. Uh, Closed out their first uh, first round series, and they're on a collision course. Looking at their series right quick, I'm going with Milwaukee in six. Uh, the Greek freak is playing at a incredible level, and I don't think Boston has anything to uh, counter him. I think Tyree will, and both him and Gordon Hayward will play good, but I don't think it'll be enough. Um, the other series is going to be Toronto. And Philly, they both have three-one leads. They'll probably close out tonight. And ooh, that's a ooh, that's gonna be a toss-up. That's gonna be a toss-up. I'm gonna go with Toronto for the simple fact they have two guys on their team in their rotation that have uh, world world championship rings, and you know Danny Green and and the great Kawhi Leonard, and they also have another guy, Marcus Hall, who spent. A, po- a great portion of his career in the playoffs at Memphis. So they have an advantage when it comes to playoff experience. And this, and then on top of that, Joel Embiid's knee is shaky. The tendonitis, you don't know when he's going to sit out. I just think Toronto has the edge, but I think it'll go seven. And then I, I'm, I'm still going with Milwaukee to win the, win the whole Eastern Conference. And then when it gets into uh, the finals, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Because now we're going to go to the West Western Conference. I got the Warriors in six over um, the Rockets. I just think the Rockets, I'm going to go back to being the don't, you know, get off my lawn guy. I'm a traditionalist. I just think that you know, it's hard for me to root for the Rockets when Daryl Morey, some rec league bum, is a GM and he's using the computer to say, "Hey, you know, don't shoot, don't shoot mid-range jumpers." That you know, and then Mike D'Antoni is benching guys if they don't shoot enough threes. That's not basketball. That's some. That's not even rec league because you know, you know, there's layers to this game. That's just like saying we're gonna throw nothing but deep passes in um in football. I mean, come on, really. So what's going on here is is that if you live by the three, you die by the three. You hear that all the time. This is so true because there's going to be a night in the playoffs because you have to actually guard people in the playoffs. You're going to be tired and fatigued in the late third, fourth quarter. You're not going to get the lift on your jumper. And guess what? They're not going to fall. Oh, this sounds familiar. This happened in uh, Houston last year. And it's going to continue to happen because as good as James Harden is, he's a volume shooter. He takes a lot of shots. Now he gets a lot of fouls. He creates a lot of fouls. He creates some mismatches so that other guys can take advantage of it. But, hey, somebody got to guard Kevin Durant. Ball game. So I'm giving him, I'm giving him the respect by saying they're losing in six and not in five, which I really think is going to happen. And then, you know, the other series, well, Portland's going to probably close out OKC tonight. And it's a it's a 
it's a toss-up between the Spurs and the uh, and the uh, the Nuggets. Uh, I think Jokic and um, Murray get enough done to get them through to the next um, round, but I think it's going to be Portland beating them in seven, and then Portland will lose in five to the Warriors. Um, looking at the playoff, the the, uh, the NBA Finals, eee, I'm going to go Warriors in seven. No, you know what? Make it six because this is Milwaukee's first foray into these deep these these waters that are extremely deep, and I think they've been playing solid. But I just think this will be the stage will be too big for them. Eventually, they're gonna they're gonna falter and they're losing six. Um, but I think it's gonna be entertaining. I also think that in free agency, Durant, Kyrie Irving end up with the Knicks. And I think LeBron comes back to the Lakers more rejuvenated because he had all this free time, him and um, Kyle Kuzma. But I think the NFL is going to force New Orleans to trade AD to the Lakers because I really believe that the ratings for this year's NBA playoffs are going to be horrible without LeBron. And they're going to force New Orleans' hand because, you know, New Orleans doesn't have the infrastructure to support an NBA franchise. They should just go ahead and move back to Seattle, call it a day. But, but you know, that's going to be interesting. I want to take a quick segue and talk about something totally off the wall here. Um, this is an interesting weekend for you uh, television fans because not only uh, will some of you, you know, say goodbye to your favorite team in the NBA playoffs or the hockey playoffs. But it's also going to be a time for you, some of you to be lost and confused on Monday morning because your favorite television character is probably going to die this weekend between the Avengers Endgame and uh, the battle scene in the uh, last season of uh, Game of Thrones here in episode three. We're going to see a lot of characters take it on the chin this weekend. It's going to be, because I remember when Thanos snapped his finger in the last Avengers, the Infinity, there were people who, on my social media timelines, who, I mean, I thought I was going to call Suicide Watch. So I'm expecting some of you people to be just almost at that level uh, next Monday, because we don't know who's going to make it through, you know, the, the Game of the 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 the, the, the creators of, of the Game of Thrones uh, uh, show have set up the last three four episodes in a NCAA uh, match Martinus tournament style. Like we're going into a battle, we don't know who's going to make it out, and if they do make it out, they got to travel all the way down south to see see Cersei Lannister and she's got the big uh the big giant guy waiting to uh fight somebody. So there's you know, you got two epic weeks of battles and then I'm interested to see how it turns out. Now I don't know about you people but you know, I I got a favorite to see who ends up on the throne and I've been going back and forth but I'm still going with Jon Snow aka Egon Turk uh uh uh, uh, 
how do you say that? Don't want to butcher the name. But I'm going with I'm going with John Snow and uh, Daenerys Targaryen to be on the throne when it's over. Because I I got a feeling she's going to end up pregnant, and even though it's her nephew, because if you read the books or done any research on it, uh, the Targaryens married inside of their their own bloodline. So in her world, it wouldn't be a a, a sin to marry a relative. So they get married, they have a baby, they rule. Now my backup is Arya Starks gets pregnant after her little foray last week to the bastard child of uh, Robert Baratheon, and they end up ruling. But there's going to be a Stark in there somewhere. Um, but that's going to be my last thought for this show. I want to thank Curly for letting me sub in for him today. I hope you people enjoy the draft, which starts on Thursday. It'll be Thursday at, at 8, Friday at 8, and uh, I believe 12 o'clock on Saturday on ESPN and ABC. Um, Curly will probably be back next week. If not, I'll probably sub in again. Uh, so I just uh, once again want to thank all of you people for uh, listening in. And I uh, hope you have a great week, great weekend. And don't get caught up too much in Game of Thrones and uh, Avengers Endgame. So signing off for the great Hurley Brown, it's your man Kelvin Harris and Nick Foles of uh, Voice America Radio saying, until next week, it's all about the Canes. Canes for life, enough said. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.